Welcome to A Great Light, the radio ministry of Pastor Larry Sterling, East Point Church of God. We invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. And so think about it for a moment. Think about it if it was your job to follow Moses. You know, Moses. You're, you know, Moses, the guy that delivered the whole entire nation of Israel out of slavery. Moses, you know, the guy that went and confronted Pharaoh face to face. Moses, this guy, he's got, he's the one that walked in and 10 plagues of, came against Pharaoh over and over for 10 times. First, turning the water to, to blood, going on all the way down through from frogs to lice to hail to, to killing every firstborn of the Egyptians, firstborn child, that Moses. You know, when Pharaoh pursued him, God showed up with a cloud and a fire, and, and then the, the, the Red Sea parted, and it went from this side to that side, and everybody crossed over in one night, a miracle of itself from one side of the sea to the other side of the sea, Moses, you know, that guy, this same Moses that took these people up, and he was so popular, even God came down on top of a mountain to talk to him face to face. Moses, talking with God on top of a fiery mountain, Mount Sinai. They have an intimate conversation, and out of that conversation, Moses gets the Ten Commandments, comes down off the mountain, speaks to the people, gives them the Ten Commandments. I'm leaving the part out about the golden calf, but you got it. This Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, this Moses, the entire law was written by his hand. This Moses, that when they were wandering in the wilderness, he, the, 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 the bread would fall out of heaven and, and birds would show up for meat. And, and when they were thirsty, either he would cleanse the bitter water or he'd hit a rock or speak to a rock and water come out. Moses, and now you got to follow him. That's not a good place to be. You know, I mean, listen, I'd let somebody else go first. I'll be the guy that follows the guy that followed Moses. You know, we'll see. You see, in life, you can't not always pick the position that you want to be in. Some of you wished you were born 70 years ago because maybe 70 years ago that was the generation you want to be in. But that's not what God has placed you on. You, you were placed here for such a time as this. You're in this moment, 150 years ago or so on. You're in this moment at this time, and it, now it's our turn to do what God wants to do in this world. You see, here's the trouble that I think we get to, to carry it away with in life. Is God did not want another Moses. If he did, he'd made two. He made one, and Moses did Moses' stuff, and Moses had his own problems. You can read the Bible and find it out. God did not want another Moses. God wanted a Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Here's the commonality that you're going to have with Moses, Joshua. You're going to lead these people, and I'm promising you that the same relationship, the same God that was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you, but I'm not asking you to be Moses. I'm just going to tell you I want to, I'm going to walk with you like I was with Moses. You see, in your life, you've got to grasp the fact that you need not copy anybody else. You are who God has created you to be. And I don't mean you that was stuck in your sin created being. I'm talking about the you that was born again, washed clean, sanctified, filled with his spirit. That person that God created, that individual is who he wants. He doesn't want you copying your neighbor. He doesn't want you copying your grandmother. Even though she could open up her mouth and heaven would fall down. He does not want you copying them. He wants you to be who he created you to be. He wants you to be the person that God has made for such a time as this. God does not want you copying Moses. God wants you to be Joshua. God wants you to be you. You see, here's the issue. Moses did his job. God needed to deliver, so Moses was it. But now God doesn't need to deliver anymore because the people are delivered. God needs a warrior. And that's when Joshua steps in. You see, you were designed and created by God for your purpose, for your time. God needs you for this moment. God needs you for this time. God needs you for this, this environment that we are living in, this world that we find ourselves in, this country, the state that we are in, the, 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 the trouble and the trial. God needs you at this time. If he, needed, if he needed four generations ago, they'd be here now, and we would have been there then. But we're here now. God needs us. Joshua was a warrior. You see, the land of Canaan awaits them. The land of Canaan, you know, their territory, the land of Canaan that God had just, had just described in all this territory that God has going to give them for an inheritance and said, this is where I'm giving you. This is what I have for you. And, and here's the trouble. Not only is it Canaan land, but there are people in that land that don't belong there. There are giants in the land, and not only are there giants in the land, there are fortified cities in the land. But here's the problem. The land was once ours, and when times got rough, we left, and we moved to Egypt. Let me tell you that story. You remember? The children of Israel left the land of Canaan, that God had blessed them with, had covered them with, had anointed them for. And they left there and they went down with Joshua, uh, Joseph rather, and lived in the land of Egypt. Now, they went through that serious time of famine and serious trial of famine there for seven years. But I cannot find it anywhere in Scripture where God made them stay after seven years. Look, if you, I'm all right if you correct me and you find it, but I can't find it. It just says they stayed there. 
But you stayed there. You see, sometimes the thing that delivered you is no longer healthy for you. The thing that came in in your life, the thing that helped you get for, beyond where you are and into the next thing is, is, was only there for a season. You know, let me put it to these high schoolers. Your high school education delivered you. But if you're 35 in high school, you've stayed a little too long. You get what I'm saying? The thing that helped you is no longer helping you. It's holding you back. You need to get on out of there. If you're 35 years in high school, you know I'm kidding, but you get my point. There are some times that God brings things into your life and they're there for a reason. They're there for a season. They're there for a purpose. And we grow so fond of them that we don't ever want to lose them. And the problem is, is that they're not supposed to be there for very long. They're only there to be part of your life. That education, that time, that, that moment is there for a season. And it's a good thing. And it's a purposeful thing. But it's not permanent. There's more to life than hanging out in school. And there's more to life than doing these things in your life. You've got to know when it's time to move on and get further into what God has called you to be. When it comes to your situation and where you are when you're walking with God, there are times in your life that something that is very much a blessing to you needs to be set down and recognized for what it was. And then it's time to move on and say this. This is where we're going now. This is what I'm doing now. This is what God has placed for me now. Because if I hold on to this, I can never be that. Oh, yo, get this. If I hold on, if we talk about the church, if we hold on to what we were 20 years ago, we'll never be what God wants us to be 20 years from now. They'll come into this place and they'll say, this looks really good for 1999, but where are you in 2019? We got to be what God has called us to be for tomorrow so that, so that we're able to reach what God has placed for us tomorrow. We can't hold on to that too long. It's important to recognize it. It's important to remember it. It's important to think about it. But listen, if you stay there, it's going to kill you. You ever seen these all-star athletes in high school, 20 years after high school, 30 years after high school, still live in high school? And they're, they were muscle. And now let's move down to the belly. Still talking about it. Remember when I was in high school? There's usually the guys that are yelling at the kids on the field because their son's out there and they're trying to live through their boy. Trust me, I'm guilty too. The thing is, is that there is a time and there's a season and there's an atmosphere and there's a moment for that. But when it's gone, it's gone. And it's unhealthy to stay in a place for too long that is not what God has called you to be. You see, if they would have stayed on the wrong side of their blessing, if they would have stayed like a couple of different tribes, like Manasseh and Gath, if they stayed over there too long, they never would have inherited the blessing that God wanted for them. But now it's time to go possess the land. Now it's time to go out and get what God has called you to be. You need to embrace the spiritual gifts and talent that God has birthed inside of you because it's your time right now to do what God has called you to be. 
And I'm not talking just to graduates. I'm talking to everybody here. You need to be what God has called you to be. And do not compare yourself to somebody else because that's their life and that's how God is walking with them. You need to be the God-called saint of God that he's called you to be. You see, your and, and, and it all starts up here in your mind. Y'all with me this morning? All right, y'all awfully quiet. The Bible says in Numbers 13, 33, this was before Joshua, during the time of Moses. There we saw the giants, and the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. This was 40 years earlier. The children of Israel were brought to the promised land, and it was time to get it. But they couldn't believe for it. Notice that phrase there in verse 33. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Some of you lose the game before you ever play. You hear me? You've already lost and you don't even need to go out on the field. Because the problem is, is that it's mental. It's up here. Battlefield of the mind is what's going to get, get you further than where you are right now. The enemy comes in. He, I mean, listen. If it really was a battlefield of the demonic warfare where you were fighting demons on your front door, every single one of us would have a flaming sword and we'd learn how to swing it as hard as we could. But it doesn't. It's an inner thing that the enemy comes in and whispers and, and condemns and, 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 and brings shame and brings condemnation and comes against you. And so you've got to understand the first process here of being an overcomer in Jesus Christ starts in what you believe about God and what you you believe about yourself i'll get to that in a minute they were like we were like grasshoppers in our own sight the problem in people's lives and our in churches and everything is we believe somehow a lie that the devil's been whispering us that we are not anything and we live like we're nothing we act like we're nothing we walk around in this world apologetic. We live in an atmosphere of, of, of believing something that is not the truth. And God told Joshua, he said this. He said, Joshua, you know, he told him over and over, be strong and very courageous. <clears throat> but talk to somebody that's afraid and tell them, you know, see how much that works. Be strong. Like, yeah, all right. You see, that's kind of like when I told my wife. There was this bug that flew out of the attic, and apparently it attacked her. And she screamed like she was getting ready to die. And <clears throat> I told her to calm down. And we just had a conversation a lot less, well, let me say, it, it was a lot more elevated than what I'm talking right now. And she's looking at me like, never in the history of calming down has anybody ever calmed down when someone told them to calm down. Little pastor-wife conversation there. And I said, you know what? That's true. 
Somebody comes up to you and tell, be strong, be very courageous. That's great. I'm scared because they're big. But here's the thing that Joshua had and what God was trying to get him to understand is that it's all in meditating on who God is. Not how strong you are, but how big your God is. This book of the law, Joshua 1.8, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and good courage, be, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What you've got to get in your spirit, what you've got to understand about God, is you've got to take the time to be in fellowship with the Lord. You've got to learn his ways and learn who he is and learn his plan and his purpose for you in your life. You've got to learn his promises. You've got to learn. You've got to meditate on it because the enemy is going to keep sending his missiles of assault and trial and struggle. That will not change just because you're delivered. But what the difference will be is that you'll know what thus says the word of the Lord about your situation in your life and how big God is for you in your life. Amen. Finally, brethren, be whatever the Bible says in Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Don't get stuck in the negativity of the world. Don't get stuck in all the sin and all the trouble and all the pain and all the sorrow. Learn to lean on the, the, the beauty and the loveliness of God. And listen, you can change your environment by trusting in a big God who has a big plan for you in your life. The things which you have learned, verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Trust the Lord. It's the same verse as Joshua. If you meditate on the Lord, if you talk to God and recognize who he is and listen to his voice, let me give you a few of them that you can meditate on. When the enemy comes in and makes you feel less, you can tell him in 1 John 3, 3, you can tell him the Bible says, I am love. When you, when you feel like you are an outsider and you don't know what to do and you, you, don't, know, you don't know that anybody cares about you, you can know in the word of God, God in Ephesians 1 6 that I am accepted by God when you feel like everybody is forsaking you and you feel lost in this world know that you can turn to John 1 12 and know that I am a child of God you know that John 15 14 that I am a friend of Jesus in Romans 8 17 that I'm a joint heir with Jesus and I share his inheritance with him when the devil begins to whisper against you and tell you that you are lost and have no hope learn to go to the word of God 
taught and say that I am united with God with one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. When the Bible says that you're unworthy to receive anything from the Lord, you can tell the devil, listen devil, I am the temple of God. His spirit and his life lives with inside of me. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. When the Bible talks, comes against, oh, excuse me, when the enemy comes against the church, go to 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Tell him, I'm a member of the body of Jesus Christ and you need to let go of me because we belong to the Lord Most High. Some of y'all need to read Ephesians 1, 1 because in it, it tells you you're, you are a saint. What? If the Bible said it, it's not a lie. You just got to believe it and apply it. Mm. Don't live like you're a sinner. Live like you love Jesus. Live like you've been set free. Live like you've been called out. Live like you're a saint of God that God has pulled out of darkness and brought into his marvelous light. Live like somebody that is expecting the miraculous every day they wake up. Live like somebody to recognize that it doesn't matter what the enemy throws against me. I know my God is going to somehow turn this for good. It may not be necessarily what I want it to be, but it's going to be what he wants it to be, and it's going to be good for me. I am a saint of God, Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. The Bible tells me in Colossians 1.14 that I am redeemed and forgiven. I am complete in Jesus Christ in Colossians 2.10. I am free from condemnation in Romans 8.1. I'm a new creation because I'm in Christ in 2 Corinthians 5.17. I've been chosen by God. I am holy and dearly loved in Colossians 3.12. I am established, anointed, and sealed by God in 2 Corinthians 1.21. I do not have the spirit of of fear, but I've got the spirit of love and power and of sound mind in 2 Timothy 1.17. I am a co-worker with God in 2 Corinthians 6.1. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places in Ephesians 2.6. I have direct access to God in Ephesians 2.18. I am chosen to bear fruit in God in John chapter 15.16. I am one of God's living stones being built up in Christ as a spiritual house in 1 Peter 2.5. I have been given exceedingly and great and precious promises by God by which I share in his nature in 2 Peter 1 4 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Philippians 4 11 I'm telling you the devil is a liar there is a great man or woman of God living inside of you that the world needs to see and the world needs now more than ever before praise God it all starts up here in your mind. Who do you believe you are? And that's what you'll be. And I'm not talking about this crazy self-help stuff. I'm talking about trusting in Jesus. The Bible still says you got to believe in him. And that means you got to believe what he says about you once he's redeemed you. You see, apart from Christ, believing is worthless. With Christ, you can do all things. Sister, if you go ahead. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, 5, I can always know the presence of God because he never leaves me. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That's what the Bible tells us. Philippians 2, 13. 
God works in me to help me do the things he wants me to do. He's working in me to accomplish his work. And James 1.5 tells me when I need help and I need hope and I need direction from the Lord, I can always go to God and ask for wisdom and he will give me what I need. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe what God has said in his word about you? The Bible says not one letter of his word will fall to the ground. It's just you've got to apply it in your life. You've got to apply it. Let me make it as simple as possible. And we'll close. You know, let's just say you're out there on the bay. And you notice that your boat is taking water. And you're out there. And a first boat comes by. And it's a slow leak, so you got some time. And the first boat comes by and says, hey, take my hand. You can be saved. And you say, no, I'm all right. I think I could swim. So you let the boat go on. The guy says, are you sure? He says, no, it's all right. I've got it. You know, because you don't want to admit that you got a problem. Well, then the boat starting to get really bad. Somebody else comes by. Says, listen, man, I hope you're a good swimmer. It's going it's a little bit ways back into the shore. Why don't you get on my boat? Nah, I just about got this fixed. I just about got this figured out. He said, there's water gushing into your boat. You haven't got time to figure this out. It's time to leave now. You see, and then the boat sinks, and now you're treading water. Somebody comes alongside of you. Says, hey, get in the boat. Don't die out here. You don't need to die. You say, no, I'm a strong swimmer. I think I got this. And you perish. When you think about this, is it anybody else's fault but yours that you died? Is it anybody else's fault but yours? Three people came by. And offered you assistance to get out. But you still chose to stay where you were. And you stayed there. And you stayed there. Because somewhere inside of you, you believed something that was not true. You believed that you're a good swimmer. And you weren't. And you didn't make it. And it's nobody else's fault but ours. Hear me this morning. Jesus comes by today. And he's telling you, I'm going to give you a way out of here. I'm going to give you a future. I'm going to give you a hope. I'm going to give you deliverance. And you say, no, Jesus, I got this. This is a slow leak. And even if my boat does sink, I think I'm, going to, I, I'm a good swimmer. He said, no, you're not. If you get in this water, you're going to die. Well, if you don't trust me, you're going to lose out. You're never going to be it. And you say, no, I don't want to hear this. Why? Because you don't want to hear the truth. 
Well, the truth of the matter is there's only one way out, and his name is Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other door. There's no other hope. There's no other life. There's no other direction but Jesus Christ that's going to get us to where we need to be. Jesus has the only answer for us, and we're not going to figure this thing out no matter how smart we may think we are, no matter how wise we might figure we might think we are, no matter how much money we might think we have, no matter how much talent we might think we have, no matter how much skill we might think we have, we will ultimately perish because everybody, it's been appointed for once for man to die, and after that, the judgment. But I'm telling you, God has come down into this world, and it's through the cross of Jesus Christ to lift out his hand and said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. Don't die needlessly. Don't live sub what God's called you to be. Be overcomer. Be that, that man, that woman of God that God has called for you. For you are a chosen generation, royal priesthood. You've been sought out by God. And he wants to bring you into places that you've never seen before. But you've got to believe Him and trust Him. You've been listening to A Great Light, the radio ministry of Pastor Larry Sterling and East Point Church of God. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Until next week, let's join together to spread the light of Christ.